Uh, take your Bible, please. I've, I've, uh, the Lord has really stirred my heart the last couple of days on this passage. John chapter 11. It's amazing to me. Uh, I'm sure you know this story. Most of you know the story. It begins uh, over in the first uh, verses in verse number uh, 3 and 4. Lazarus' sisters sent a message to Jesus and said he's sick. Uh, and uh, they said, He whom thou lovest is sick. And this whole chapter deals with one of the greatest uh, miracles that Jesus did, and I know you know about it, uh, down in, down in uh, verse number 43, He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus come forth, and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and uh, his face bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. And uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time on this chapter in days past. I've preached a lot out of this chapter. I've preached more than one funeral out of this chapter. And uh, there's just uh, there's there's lots of things. Uh, there's so much to say about that miracle. So much to say about the relationship. They said it in verse three, "He whom thou lovest." And of course, if you go to Luke chapter ten, you go different places in the scriptures, you'll find Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Uh, I preached a message on one time on Christ's individual love. The verse says over in Luke that Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He loved every one of them the same. He loved them as much as God can love with all the love of his heart. But he loved them as individuals. They were a family, but he, as you understand the point of that, he loves every one of us. I don't care what we've done or where we've been or what our name is. None of us have any priority over the other. We all are loved with the complete love of the Savior. That un- unbelievable love that he was, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That kind of love. And and so we could talk about the relationship. I love to go through these relationships, and I've spent a lot of time with with these. How he came down to the cemetery two days late, four days late, but he was right on time. In fact, he's going to say that he did not die, but he is a. Jesus said he didn't die. He's just a, a miracle waiting to happen. And that's what that could be said about every saved person here. We talk about dying, but we're not going to die. 
we have eternal life. We may have a physical interruption and step over into the glory land, but we're not going to die. That day, that day falls out up here, and somebody said, that's Wayne Hudson. That's not Wayne Hudson. That's the earth suit Wayne Hudson wears. Inside of here somewhere is Wayne Hudson, but he's going home to be of the Lord, and he'll be gone. So uh, we could talk about all that, but I don't. I, the Lord has really put me on a, uh, a. I just, I got. Uh, we're talking. About, I, here's the title of my message: An Early Thanksgiving. Susie and I, all of our married life, about have lived six hundred or more miles from our family, and I was thinking about. All those times, I mean, we missed a lot of Thanksgivings with our family. We missed a lot of th- uh, Christmas with our family. Some of y'all lived a long ways. You know what I'm talking about. But there were several times that we would take a trip to the Panhandle. My, both, of our, both of our parents at one time lived in the Panhandle. And from Houston... Texas to her front door was 663 miles. That's a 13-hour drive on two-lane roads before the freeways hit. And so we would go with great anticipation, and it might not be Thanksgiving. It might be the week before, the week after. We went when we could go. But they would rearrange the Thanksgiving meal and the celebration. Uh, When we got there, that's when we had Thanksgiving. A lot of times we had early Thanksgiving or early Christmas and then went back home. And and, Y'all understand that? Well, look, the greatest miracle that Jesus did in his ministry is in this chapter. One of the greatest. This is not the only man he raised from the dead. But if you'd have been there that day, you'd have said, hey, Martha said he's he's been in that grave four days and by now he stinks. You would have said, if you know, if you're medically inclined, you know this, that as soon as that body dies, the oxygen begins to come out of that blood and everything deteriorates. And and by four days in the in the in the state of Texas, if you do not embalm a body, it has to be buried in 24 hours because of the deterioration of the body, because of the diseases that are birthed in the dying process of the body. Now it's been four days, and it's. He's he's absolutely dead. I'll get to that in just a minute. And Jesus, he he says over here, uh, in verse 14, Jesus said to them plainly, he's talking to his disciples. Look at verse 11. Uh, uh, 
Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. That's Jesus speaking. Verse 14. His disciples said, well, if he's asleep, he's doing okay. He'll be getting healed. Verse 14. Jesus, then, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. You know, after he heard the message, he stayed. He didn't go. And you can read all that in this chapter. His timetable is not our timetable. He can do it any way he wants to. And, uh, and as far as Mary and Martha were concerned, they're both going to say, if you'd have been here, my brother had not died. As far as they were concerned, he was four days late. But Jesus' agenda does not match our agenda. And Jesus' timing never matches our timing. And God can do anything He wants to, any way He wants to, every time. He said, Lazarus is dead, but I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. And I want to just give this a plug as I go by here. The, the, the Pharisees and the Jews have said, if you come back to Judea, we'll kill you. You're a dead duck if you step into Judea again. Everybody wants to throw down on Thomas. Look right here. Jesus has just said we're going to Judea. He's got a death sentence on him there. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. He wasn't a turncoat. I believe Thomas was one of the I can't explain everything. I, I would. I, I'm gonna preach on it one of these days. What happened to Thomas? I believe he was may have had more sense than some of the other di uh, disciples. He certainly had more courage than any of the disciples at this moment. And so, all that's going on. Now let's go to the text. Jesus is going to spend time with Martha. Jesus is going to spend time with Mary. Jesus is going to spend time with the Jews. Uh, there's going to be weeping and he's going to have to do teaching and showing and he's going to have to say, I'm the resurrection to Martha. And she kind of halfway believes, but then she's going to hint about it later on when, he's, when he says, roll away the stone. She's going to say, hey, he's been dead four days by now. He's stinking. So did she believe he was the resurrection or not? And that's kind of the way we believe, isn't it? And as long as it's as long as it's just preaching, it's okay. We can believe it. Or as long as we're sitting reading in our little devotional room. But it's when it's when the heat gets on. That's when that faith begins to fade, right? Let me ask you a question. What do you think, after reading those few verses, what do you think Jesus is going down there for? 
he said, I'm glad that I wasn't there that you may believe. Wouldn't you say that this much that he expects a miracle? That he expects the power of God to be demonstrated in Lazarus' behalf and Mary and Martha. Don't you think he knew that he was going to raise him from the grave? I do. I think so. Now look at 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And here's what I want us to get. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee. This is thanksgiving. Have you ever done it? You ever been there? We go through the motions of Thanksgiving Day. And we go over to some family member's house and, 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 and we pray and say we thank you, Lord. But it's just another day like every other day. And we eat another meal like every other meal. And we watch football the rest of the afternoon or do something that satisfies our flesh. And we have not had any intercourse with God on Thanksgiving Day. Be honest in your heart. You don't have to tell me. I'm saying I've been there, and you have too. We're all prone to this carnality that we live with. Looky here. They rolled away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes, and said, Father, I thank Thee. At that moment, Martha's over yonder, and Mary's over there, and, and Lazarus is over here, and the disciples are back here, and everybody's expecting something, and Jesus has forgotten all about them. Get it. He's in the presence of the Father. He's having a moment of sweet communion with God the Father. And all eternity it's been fellowship between the Father and the Son. And at this moment, all these Jews, all these, all these uh, disciples are all in the background and he's lifted his eyes and he's in the presence of the Father. I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because the people which stand by, I said it, that they might believe that thou hast sent me. I want to just talk about that a little bit first. First of all, thanksgiving is a heavenly matter. You can't thank God in your flesh. I don't care how big the turkey is. I don't care how much pumpkin pie. You cannot thank God in your flesh. <coughs> Remember that P 
picture we had up here? The only part of us that communicates with God is our spirit. And until we get on spiritual ground, we're not saying things, no matter what the words are. Until our heart is turned from everything here and we look there, we're not in thanksgiving. We're living our life. We're in fellowship with family and friends. And, but thanksgiving will take, see, over in Colossians, I got a couple of verses. In Colossians chapter 3, I want to read the first three, three or four verses. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Oh, wait a minute. The cowboys are playing. And everybody's laughing and joking, and we're having our what we call Thanksgiving meal. Yeah, but we're not, we're not seeking. We're not. See, it says, seek those things which are above. Set your affection on the things above and not on the things of the earth, for you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. There's a whole lot to say about, you know, death can wreck every circumstance. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care what kind of house you live in. I don't care how beautiful your wife is or, or, or how young you are. Death can wreck it all. One death can mess up our whole plan of life. One death can take away all the glory out of our family. You ever grieved? I mean really grieved when somebody's gone? I remember going down to my dad's grave. He was a preacher. I was a preacher. I preached his sermon. But I remember going back to the grave when nobody was there and trying to get some kind of relief from that empty feeling. He was gone. There's nothing in that cemetery that can, can relieve you. And I don't care how pretty your flowers are that you put out there, they won't relieve you. Death messes it up. But he, So he says, set your affection on things above. He's telling you how to get past the death day. For you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Over in Hebrews, chapter number 11. This is Old Testament. Verse number 
verse number 13 says, you just come past Abraham here in, the, in Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith chapter, and, and, uh, and, and, and verse 8 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed and went out not knowing whether he went. That's the way we got saved, wasn't it? I mean, we got saved. We didn't know what we was doing. It was God working in us, God doing something for us. We might have we might have understood that we're giving ourselves to Him, and He's going to take us. But we didn't we we didn't understand the glory of His presence in our life. We didn't understand the strength of being able to come to the Scriptures and get peace that passes all understanding. We didn't know what it was to just be in fellowship with the Savior. Did we? He said, By faith he sojourned in the land of promises in a strange country. That sojourn means a temporary residence. He drug his tent around and he was over there, but he was he was in a strange land. He didn't know what, what was good. Look here, verse 13. He's talking about the descendants of Abraham who are the Jews. These all died in faith. Those saved people all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them far off, were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they're strangers and pilgrims on the earth. We say it. This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. We say it, but we live pretty comfortably right here on this earth, don't we? For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. For truly had they been mindful of that country from whence they came, they might have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly where God is not ashamed to be called their God, and He's prepared for them a city. That's what fixes death. I mean, one day the breath goes out, the heart stops, and you can't get back to what you know. You can't get back to where you were comfortable. But we who are saved have been turned from this world to that world. So if we're going to communicate with the Father, we're going to have to get out of this world and get to that world. That said, they, they seek a country. Another country. You understand this? You and I, all up and down these, I mean, everybody in this town is trying to make a few bucks off of Thanksgiving They'll sell you something or you or, or try to soothe you some way so you can celebrate Thanksgiving. But you can't give thanks until you get to the other side. Every one of us who are saved can go there in our spirit and communicate with the Savior, with the Father. That's, hey, He's, it's heavenly language right here. Verse 11 
And uh, no, I'm in the wrong book. Verse 41 and, and verse 42. See, he's not talking to the disciples anymore. He could care less at this moment. He never looked, I mean, there's not an ever instant he doesn't, didn't love them. But right now, he's communicating with the Father. You get this? Heavenly communication and heavenly communion. Every once in a while, I had a, I had a fellow, I had a preacher in North Carolina I talked to today. Every once in a while, it just happens. And he said, Brother Wayne, I just, I just heard the message you preached on May 22nd. I can't hardly remember the, the message myself, but it's something about uh, purging yourself so you could be and having a new life. I can't remember all that was said. I can't even remember the message. I'm trying to remember yesterday right now. <laughs> but, but he said, I, I listened to it twice, and you really helped me in the areas that you're, you've been there? When you're somewhere and all of a sudden you know God's speaking and it's not that somebody else may be preaching or you may be reading, or, but all of a sudden you know God's speaking. And that, when you get there, that's where you want to be. Don't, don't turn the radio up. Don't turn him off. Spend a little time with him. We call it prayer, prayer life. I grant you, it's a hard moment. It's a heavenly matter, but it came at a very hard moment. Look at verse 41 again. Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Thanksgiving came on a personal plane between God the Father and God the Son. It's a one-on-one thing. I don't care how beautiful the choir is. I don't care how big the feast is. Nothing can say thanksgiving for you except a one-on-one with the Lord. It's a heavenly matter. Secondly, it's a hard moment sometimes. He was dead duck. He was a decaying dead duck. Martha was a realist, and Martha said, by now he's stinking. Well, that was the truth. And you go down through this passage, Martha's had her moment with Jesus. Mary's had her moment with Jesus. I love the... I, I love the uh, the the stepping down through this chapter. And and they've both wept and the Jews have wept 
that are out there with Mary, and Jesus has wept. Tell me how the Son of God could weep when he knew he was going to raise him from the tomb. He knew. He wept. He was touched with the feeling of their infirmities. That song says, does Jesus care? The chorus says, oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. I know that Jesus cares for me. You ought to get that in your heart. You ought to settle it. That I can get a hold of Jesus. I can talk to the Lord. He cares about me. He, uh, he does love, hey, he loved you enough to save you. Don't you think he loves you enough to help you live for him? Amen. A hard moment, the dark days, a moment of distress. Over in Isaiah chapter 53, uh, I wrote it down here, 53.3, the man of sorrows. Who, who knows what it is to grieve. He suffered and he, he, he was the sorrowful Savior. He can take us to this place over in Hebrews chapter 13. Thirteen, uh, four, 13, 14 says, For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. That's the same thing that he said in, in, chapter, in verse 11, chapter 11. All right, look here now. By him, therefore, that who, by who? By Jesus and Him alone. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. How are we going to do it? By Him. I can't dream up the words that would praise God. But letting Him speak through me, I can praise God. That's what he says. And the, and, and the thanksgiving is the praise. That is the, that is the sacrifice of praise that God is asking from us. A hard moment, a heavenly matter, and then the, the hopeful miracle. I've already talked about this. Jesus expected a supernatural force to do a miracle. <coughs> when the stone was rolled away, Lazarus still a dead duck. Y'all got that? He's a crispy critter. And Jesus said, I thank thee, Father, I thank thee that thou 
hearest me. He did an early thanksgiving. He gave thanks before the fact. You know, if all we did is praise him for yesterday, we've already got past yesterday. We're okay past yesterday. But when we approach him and give him thanks, we ought to be a thanking him in expectation of tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, next sickness, next accident, next whatever it is that we face. And we can do that. Jesus did that. <clears throat> the expectation uh, over in Psalms chapter 30, verse number Verse number four, there's so much in the Psalms on Thanksgiving. Verse four, sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. That's what we normally do, isn't it? Remember him in thankfulness. For his anger endureth but a moment, and in his favor is life. And weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And so as we give thanksgiving, it's not just for yesterday, but it's for tomorrow. Over to, uh, I got another one or two, over to 63 of Psalms. <clears throat> Verse 1 says, God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because of thy loving kind, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. <coughs> Thus will I bless thee while I live. Excuse me. <coughs> I will lift up my hands in thy name. <coughs> I'll just stop there. <coughs> and now look what he's going to do. Those girls are saying... If you'd have been here, he would not died. But Jesus is, do, is, is expecting, <coughs> and he understands <coughs> of what <coughs> God will do. Look at it. When he had thus spoken and cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot. His face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus <coughs> saith unto them, you, Can you imagine the miracle it took to put the corrupting body back together in that instant and step him out? I had a friend that was preaching something about this. Remember Lazarus? The rich man in Lazarus, Luke 16, and the Bible said the angels carried him, Lazarus into Abraham's bosom. 
<clears throat> and my friend was talking about Lazarus has been dead four days now. According to the Bible, the moment he died, he went to he went to be with the Lord. So he steps into Abraham's bosom, and first guy he sees named Lazarus, he said, "Hi, I'm Lazarus." The guy said, "No, I'm Lazarus," and they're they're getting acquainted in and. So he's had four days now. They, he's got a good friend in heaven, both of them named Lazarus. And all of a sudden, down through the down through the passageways comes this sound: Lazarus, come forward. That Lazarus doesn't recognize Jesus' name. He's still dealing with angels. This Lazarus said, "I got to go." I know that name anywhere. I've got to go. He's calling for me. And so he steps out. That's a great miracle. But that's not all the miracle. Jesus knows that he's going to say, loose him and let him go. And he's going to, he's going to, they're going to, eventually this little household, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are going to get back to Bethlehem. And they're going to settle down in the community. But he knows more than that. Over in John chapter 12, verse 2, Jesus six days, uh, not, uh, not Bethlehem, Bethany. Then Jesus six days before the Passover came to Bethany where Lazarus, which had been dead, was, which had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. See, he's back home. He's living at home. He's eating Martha's cooking again and just enjoying the fellowship of the family. But that's not all. There they made him a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table. He's going to get to eat supper with Jesus. He's going to know the joy of the communion table We're going to do the Lord's table in December. All we can do is a facsimile of it. It's just a model of it. But if we'd have been there, we could put our feet under the table and ate with Jesus. Lazarus got to do that after he was dead. Jesus knew the miracle was not going to stop today. It's tomorrow and next week and next month. Do you understand this? If you're saved, your miracle's just getting started. You can depend on His presence in the darkest day, the hardest trial, the toughest time of your life. He has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And you have Him. And if if you're if you don't make it to the rapture you can depend on this he'll be waiting for you in heaven you won't have to go there and wonder how I'm going to get past all them demons and devils he'll take you right home you're you're a UPS high high priority package in heaven. 
So, I was thinking, I was just thinking about what a wonderful thing. You know, we would drive that 13 hours, it was nothing. It didn't mean a thing because we were going home. And we were going to fellowship with mom, dad, brother, sister, and all the outlaws and in-laws. It was going to be a good time when we got there. Jesus lifted his eyes. And he said, Father, I'm coming home. I want to have a look. A good time with you and say thank you for what you're going to do for this fella and I know it's all because of me. They were having a good time right there at the edge of the graveyard. Mm -hmm. We got a lot to say thank you for. We don't often say thank you. I mean we say it but we don't say it. Y'all with me? I just urge you to take time out. Lift your eyes. Take a moment. Get along with him. And have a thanksgiving service with him. <clears throat> Wayne, before you dismiss, I'd like for us all to uh, take a special time to pray for Tom and Chrissy. She's got a decision to make. She's talking about putting him in the nursing home. And I don't know what's going to happen about it, but I just feel burdened for him. Okay. Deborah, why don't you go to the piano? And John, you go over. Let's sing that song, Thank You, Lord. Brother John, if you don't mind. This is the invitation. We can get down here and you can pray where you're at, pray here, pray there. But I just, I, I didn't intend to do this, but be an awful good time to just get along with him. Get on heavenly ground and just say thank you. I don't know what kind of problems you have, but you can depend on this while you're saying thank you. He's got his eye on the future. He can take care of the future problems as well as the past. Maybe you need to come and just give your heart to him. Maybe you don't have that hope of heaven. While we're singing, be a good time to do it. Y'all know this song?
we need to pray for Tom and Cranny. Yes, we do. But there's others that we've mentioned here tonight. Just pray for them. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, it is a pleasure to be in your house tonight, Lord. And we do thank you, Father, for all of your grace and your goodness that you give us each day. And Lord, we just thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, for all the blessings you've bestowed upon us, not only in the past, but the present and in the future, Lord. Because you are such a wonderful, almighty God, because you know the end from the beginning. You know all of history before it ever happens. Thank you for even those rotten as we were, that you just still demonstrated your love to us to allow your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and take the wrath that properly belonged to us. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness, which has saved us, Lord. And, Lord, we do pray for Tom and Cranny, Lord, with the, what they're going through now and with the nursing home and all this. And, Lord, we just also pray for these others that have mentioned on our prayer list tonight, Lord, to, that you would touch in their spirit, Lord, spiritually needed, and also for uh, to guide our hearts to seek after you, Lord, and heal those that are sick and afflicted, Lord, and need to hear a word from you, Lord, to encourage them. And we thank you for each and every one that's here tonight, Lord. Just give us all a special blessing from you. And guide us and direct us in each step we take. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this message that we've heard of this miracle of Jesus. Help us, Lord, that each day is a day of thanksgiving. That we should give thanks to you for the blessings that you have given to us. Help us, Lord, that we don't take for granted that there will be a tomorrow that we need to realize that only our life is in your hands. Please be with us as we go tonight. Watch over, protect each one during this time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Amen. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the privilege we have to come to you for but we thank you most of all for Jesus. Amen. Father, we do now ask for each and every one of these prayer requests. We pray that you'd have your watch care over each and every one of them. But Father, we pray especially for Tom and Crenny, that you'd have a special care for each one of them. For Brother Tom, Father, we just thank you for all your blessings. We are truly thankful that you loved us and was willing to come to save us. We thank you for our salvation. Thank you for this church. Pray that you'd continue to bless this church over the next coming months as we look for a new pastor. We pray that uh, he will make a decision to come and to be our pastor, Father. We just thank you for all the goodness and grace that you give to us. 
Thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're listening.